Just you found your place in the book of Zephaniah, chapter 2. Zephaniah, chapter 2, and I'll be reading verses 1, 2, and 3. Zephaniah, chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. The Bible says, Gather yourselves together, ye gather together, O nation not desired, before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness. Seek meekness. It may be, ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. That you've afforded us yet again another opportunity to gather around your word. Lord, I pray that you would use your word in a mighty way. Speak to hearts. And I pray that your open invitation would be accepted. That it will be embraced. I pray for many who are halting between two opinions. Lord, I pray that today will be the day that you're invited to set up residence on the throne of their lives. Lord, I pray that every believer would be surrendered to you. I pray that you would use your word in a mighty way. Pray that you give me the words you'll have me to say. I pray that you'll give me the strength to proclaim your word. And I pray that in everything that's said and done here today, that you will be honored and glorified and that decisions will be made in a God-honoring way, in a way that is pleasing in your sight. Take full control, have your divine way, and we'll be careful to give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. There have been several significant technological inventions in the 20th and 21st century. But one of the most significant has been the invention of the cell phone and subsequently the smartphone. This invention has caused so many products to become either obsolete or no longer as much sought after or essential as they used to be. For example, cameras, calendars, pens, notepads, maps, photo albums, calculators, envelopes, compasses, fax machines, CD players, radios, televisions, 
watches. And that list can go on and on and on. But there is one other item that can be easily added to this list. And it is alarm clocks. Alarm clocks now on the smartphones can be set to alarm at whatever time you need. But I'm going to admit to you here today that I have a few problems with these sophisticated alarm clocks on these smartphones. As I observe their ineffectiveness in my own home, particularly as it relates to the purpose of waking up children. For one, the volume is often too soft. And what is the point if they can't hear it? Secondly, the alarm is just too soothing, too musical, too mellow. And rather than waking them up, I've concluded that it has lulled them back to sleep or not woken them at all. You say, how do I know? Because I heard it ringing for the last 30 minutes and nobody moved. (laughs) And I have to be the one to go over there to just turn it off because I'm sick of it. (laughs) Number three, the smartphone's battery died overnight. So, of course, the alarm did not go off. Fourthly, the phone was forgotten on vibrate. So the vibrate mode did not wake up the sound sleepers. Or even fifthly, the alarm was set for p.m. (laughs) instead of a.m. So it did not ring at all. How many you could identify? So it is for these reasons that I still have a liking for the good old-fashioned alarm clock that ensured that you would wake up with a ring that will abruptly end any and all dreams that you were having. And probably even scare you out of your wits. But after all, it accomplished the job of waking you up. Amen? My wife had one of these good old-fashioned alarm clocks in her dorm in college. And she admitted to me and told me that when it rang, it would wake up everybody on the floor. Anyway, one day she came home only to realize that this beloved alarm clock that she had gotten from her grandfather disappeared (laughs) to parts unknown. And since that time, she has never seen it again. Somebody probably got sick of this alarm clock waking them up. To their displeasure. Alarm clocks are intended to get our attention. To wake us out of sleep. To alert or remind us of an important event. To call us to action before it is too late. In the book of Zephaniah, the prophet is without question sounding an alarm to the nation of Israel to respond to God's message that was sent by way of the prophets, to repent of their sins, to turn from their wicked ways before it was too late. 
Look at the text that I read, and I'm going to read it again. And I want you to think of the aspect of an alarm as I read these verses again. And tell me if you, well, you don't tell me right now, but think with me if you don't really see the, the alarm that is being sounded in these verses. Gather yourselves together. Yea, gather together, O nation not desired. Bring forth the decree. Rather, before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as a chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you, seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment, seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. That, my friend, is an alarm being sounded. And my friends, just as God sounded the alarm back in the day of Zephaniah and these minor prophets, God is sounding an alarm today. He's saying to many, he's saying to this world that is mired in sin, wake up before it's too late. He's saying to believers who have fallen asleep, wake up and get busy. He's saying to many who seem not to care, respond, respond to my alarm before, before, before it is too late. I don't want to preach a message this morning entitled, Seek the Lord in Time. Seek the Lord in Time. I don't want to qualify this because I don't mean seek the Lord in time to come. I mean seek the Lord in time before it is too late. We live in a culture, and I'm speaking here locally, regionally, where to be on time means to slide in precisely at the time of the said event, the time that it is supposed to start. And because the desire is to be on time rather than in time, it is no wonder that as a people, we are consistently late. Because everybody wants to shoot for the starting time, to be on time, Rather than to be in time. And sadly, and even more tragically, the approach seems to be the same for turning to God. People want to somehow get to God on time. At the last minute, just at the strike strike of the time, instead of being in time. To be there and to get there before the time is to be in time. My friend, God wants you to be in time. And because we don't know God's timeline, the alarm is being sounded, my friends, to get ready in time. Seek the Lord in time, which is to seek the Lord now when you have time. Seek the Lord in time. 
So I want us to look at these three verses this morning and draw a number of observations from them. Notice with me, first of all, the intense alarm. My friend, this is not one of those soothing alarms. This is not an alarm intended to lull you back to sleep. This is an intense alarm being sounded. Notice with me in verse number one that this intense alarm, and jot this down, is the result of intentional rebellion. It's the result of intentional rebellion. Verse number one says, gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, look at this, O nation not desired. God was saying to his people, you are not in a good place. You are not in good standing with me. You are not in favor with God. You have rejected the word of God time and time and time again. As a result, you've ventured to be a nation not desired. You have heard my cause. You've heard my pleas over and over and over again. You've heard my messengers deliver my word over and over, and yet you have not responded. You are still sleeping. This intense alarm is the result of intentional rebellion. But notice, the reason why this alarm is so intense is because it requires an immediate response. Look at the word before, how it is repeated and emphasized in verse number two. It says, before the decree come forth. Before the day pass as the chaff. Before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you. Before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. My friend, this indicates a sense of urgency is required. It requires immediate response. Notice it says, before the decree. The decree here can easily be considered a law. One of the things that this pandemic has taught us is the impact of laws, decrees, if you will, on our lives. We have become more than familiar than ever before with the term, the SR and O's. And we would be glued to our radios or televisions or phones to hear those faithful words my fellow citizens and residents and what would follow would be a decree a decree that would determine what you're allowed to do and what you're not where you can go and where you can't. When you can go and when you can't. How many people can go? These decrees have had a major impact on our lives. And my friends, you didn't have to like it in order for the decree to take effect. 
this decree had a time period when it would come into effect. And because of the power and the significance of a decree, supermarkets and stores would be packed. Why? We had to do what we needed to do before the decree would come into effect. My friend Zephaniah is saying under the the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, my friend, get yourself together before the decree comes into effect. Because once the decree is passed, you will not be able to do anything about it. He says, respond immediately before the decree. But he also says, respond before the day is passed. In other words, he's saying, respond before the time is up. We know locally here in St. Kitts and Nevis that easily the biggest shopping day of the year is what has come to be known as that day. That's the day when people flock to the stores early to ensure they get the discount that they've been waiting for all year. But people also, while they have the option of coming at any time throughout the day. You know why people don't wait until late in the day? Because while the discount may still be available, the item may not be in stock. So people get there early. We know the phrase, uh, the proverb, the early bird catches the worm. So people are prompt. People are early. Why? There's a need to respond before the day is passed. uh, To act with urgency. To make it a priority. My friend, when it comes to this intense alarm that comes from God, there is a a requirement. There is a, a priority that ought to be associated to respond before the day is passed. Make it a priority. There is danger in delay. There is danger in procrastinating, my friend. He says, respond before the day is past. Respond before the decree. But he also said, note this, to respond before God's anger is felt. He says, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you. Listen, and this is repeated He says, before the day of the Lord's anger is come upon you. Now, I want you to note very carefully that it's not that God's anger is not existing already. It's not that God is not angry already. It says, respond before his anger come upon you. Now, my family members and those who know me well would tell you that I have a pet peeve against interest. Well, I'm talking about interest as a result of credit cards. Interest as a result of making late payments. Late fees. Why? 
Because they're not necessary. They're an absolute waste. Because if you pay it before the date, you don't have to pay it. And here's what happens. I'm sure utility companies will tell you as well. That there is a due date. But oftentimes, there is within the fine print a grace period. That even at times, if you miss the due date, now this doesn't work with a credit card, but if you miss the due date, there's a grace period that allows you not to incur any late fees. But here's something that we must know about a grace period. It's a period. It does not last forever. There's a point at which the grace period is up. It's for a defined specific period of time. And so if you're going to benefit from the grace period, you must act before it expires. Or else you will pay more than you need to. You will suffer when you did not have to. My friend, when it comes to this alarm that's being sounded by Almighty God, many have have been lulled to sleep and they've taken for granted the fact that they are functioning within God's grace period. But God's grace period is not indefinite. My God, my friend, God's grace period will not last forever. My friend, God's grace period has a definitive time frame based on it. And you must act before it is over. In other words, act now. God says this alarm is serious. It's not accidental that it is repeated before the fierce anger of the Lord. Before the fierce anger of the Lord. My friend, God is already angry at sin, but because of grace, it has not yet been unleashed to its fiercest fullness. Act before the grace period is over. God is sounding an alarm. You were here last Sunday, and I already had this message already lined up there was a similar alarm sounded seek the Lord now God is indicating there is a sense of urgency that is required there is an intense alarm but notice with me secondly the intended action the alarm is one thing But the response, what is there to do? What must be done? What what is the intended action? Notice, the intended action must first of all be purposeful. What do I mean by that? It means it should be intentional. What's the first word in verse number three? Can we say that together? Can we say that together? Seek. Seek. The word seek has associated with it a sense of intentionality. Something that's purposeful. In other words, God is saying, your response to the alarm should be of your own volition. In other words, no one should be pulling you, kicking and screaming. You must seek for yourself. You must be determined. 
You think of how we respond when we are seeking for something that's important to us. Think of how you respond when you misplace your phone. Think of how you respond when you misplace your wallet. Think of how you respond when you misplace your keys. It doesn't matter how important something else is that you had to do. Everything else goes on pause because you need to seek what you have misplaced. You need to seek what you have lost. My friend, there is something important and quit or in quit. There is something that uh, we would have lost. There's, there ought to be a response that says, listen, I got to seek the Lord because in order to find him, it is critical to my activity. It is critical to my life. It is critical to me functioning normally and effectively. And so I must respond with a response that is purposeful. Seek. But it goes on to say this intended action. What are you searching? What is what should we be searching for? It gives us the particulars of what we should be searching for. It's a purposeful response, but it's also a particular. You have to know what you are searching for. My God, my grandfather of blessed memory, he was a man who was very motivated and self-driven. And I would easily say he was ahead of his time. He electrically wired his entire house, powered it with generators, when that was simply non-existent for personal residences. And he had a trademark of walking very fast. I think he passed it on down to me. So he would walk very fast wherever he's going. But he was also a man who was very private with his plans. And so one day he was walking from Liberty Hill where he lived and he was walking to Newcastle Airport. Back in those days, that was your mode of transportation, commonly. And he was walking with a suitcase in his hand, headed to the airport at a brisk pace. And someone stopped him or tried to, tried to stop him and said, Mr. Jeffers, where are you going? Mr. Jeffers replied and said, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going. My friend, God wants us to seek. But he's very clear about what we ought to be seeking. Now notice with me what God wants us to seek. He wants us to seek a particular person. It says, seek ye who? The Lord. My friend, there is no person who is more important than having in your life than the Lord. Listen, we, we, are, seeking, we are seeking a lot of things in this life. There are individuals who are seeking for a spouse, and there's nothing wrong with that. There are individuals who are seeking for jobs, and there's nothing wrong with that. There are individuals who are seeking for money, and there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, 
I mean, in this day and age, we need more of it than ever before to be able to keep up with the cost of living. There are individuals who are seeking for their purpose. But my friend, the good thing about seeking the Lord is that this God of the universe, this Lord who is extending an invitation to us to come to him, to seek him, that this God of the universe aids us. He guides us in finding the right spouse, in finding the right job, in finding the right provisions, in finding the right purpose. As such, the first thing that is indicated that we ought to seek is the Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be what? Added unto you. He says the particulars seek a person but also seek a place. It says, seek ye the Lord, but drop down a little bit in this verse, and he says, seek what? Righteousness. You say, is righteousness a place? Let me explain. You see, my friend, when we seek the Lord, we are to seek him first because he is the only one who is able to make us righteous. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf, our iniquities are like the wind have taken us away. My friend, when we seek the Lord, he assigns righteousness to us based on his son. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 4. This is a very important passage in understand this, understanding the aspect of seeking righteousness. In Romans chapter 4, I want to read a few verses here, verse number 1. I want you to pay attention to the words. It says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was what? Counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justified justified the ungodly, his faith is there's that word again, counted for righteousness. Even as David also described it, the blessedness of the man unto whom God, look at this word, imputeth righteousness without works, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not, here's a very important word again, impute sin. We saw there the word counted for righteousness. We saw that word repeated impute, imputed. To impute means to attribute, to ascribe. Legally, let me give you what the dictionary describes its word as. To ascribe or to charge a person with an act or quality 
because of the conduct of another over whom one has control or for whose acts or conduct one is responsible. Theologically, listen to the definition. To attribute righteousness or guilt to a person or persons vicariously ascribe as derived from another. So understand, why is righteousness a place? Because positionally, we become righteous and we are placed in that position because we have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ who is righteous. And so God puts us positionally in a place where we are righteous. My friend, only the Lord can do that. That's why we seek the Lord and we seek righteousness as a place. But make no mistake about it. Jot this down. We also to seek righteousness as a practice. You see, my friend, know that God has declared you righteous. You and I now are to pursue righteous actions, righteous behaviors. And let me say this categorically. It is unbiblical. It is impractical. It is illogical for a person to have been placed in this righteous position, this righteous place, and then to be running away from righteousness to sinfulness as a consistent lifestyle. Impractical, illogical, unacceptable. We are to seek righteousness. There's something wrong if you are content and happy in living a life of habitual sin as a child of God. And if you are, I say to you, stop fooling yourself because you are not fooling God. Romans chapter 6 and verse 13, listen to the admonition to, to seek righteousness, not just as a position or a place, but as a practice. It says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. Look at this. As those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Listen, that, that being alive from the dead is God positionally taking you from a place of, of, of sinfulness and placing you in a place positionally of righteousness. And as a result of that imputation, as a result of that ascribing righteousness, you are to live a holy life. Pursue righteousness. As a practice. But notice, back in Zephaniah chapter 2, we are to seek a particular posture. It says, seek righteousness and seek meekness. It means that in your seeking, you are to seek and desire to have an attitude of humility. You see, my friend, no matter how long you're saved, You've never arrived. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he stand, take heed lest ye 
fall. So it says, seek meekness. That's the intended action. But notice, thirdly, there's an impacted audience. Who is this alarm intended for? Back in verse number 3 of Zephaniah chapter 2, it says, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, look at this, which have wrought his judgment. Which have wrought his judgment. This group includes all who have brought about God's judgment. All who have brought about God's response to rebellion. My friend, let me say this. God is a just God. God is a loving God. And because he's a just God and he's a loving God, he must address the problem of sin. But this group includes all people. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, very familiar passage in the word of God, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Isaiah 53 and 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Understand that this intense alarm, this intended action is for all people. That's the impacted audience. It includes you, it includes me, it includes every single person born of a woman. But notice with me, number four, there's an important attitude. I mean, this is reiterated because even though he said in verse number three, seek meekness, he says if you're going to seek the Lord, he says, look at this qualification. All ye meek of the earth. Now, I don't think God is saying, I know God is not saying, if you're not meek, you're off the hook. Don't seek me. I only want the meek people to seek me. Why? God is not willing that any should perish, but that what? All should come to repentance. But what he is saying by the fact that he's, he's extending this invitation and he says, seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth. He's saying, if you're going to come to me, you must come in humility. He says, this is a requirement for getting my attention. It is mandatory. That is why in Mark's gospel, chapter 10 and verse 14 and 15, listen to what the Bible says, but when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and he said unto them, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. There's something about children that emanates trust, dependence, humility. Somewhere along the line, as we grow older, we tend to absorb self-centeredness. 
independence, stubbornness, rebellion. And God is saying, seek ye the Lord, but if you're going to come to me, you have to come with the right attitude. It must be one of meekness. It must be one of humility. It's an important attitude. But notice finally, why is this response to this alarm so important? Why is it so critical? Why is it so urgent? Notice, the right response to this alarm will influence the Almighty. Look at how this verse number three ends. It says, it may be, ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. It is saying here, listen, the Lord's anger is going to be unleashed. That's without question. But when it is, because of a response to seek the Lord with humility, to seek the Lord with urgency, to seek righteousness, to seek meekness, that that desire, that determination has an impact to bring about a change in the heart of the Lord that he would hide you in the day of his anger. But my friend, you must seek the Lord in time. And to ensure that you seek the Lord in time, the only advice that makes sense is to seek the Lord now. Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. My friend, God is sounding the alarm. God has sounded the alarm. It's an intense alarm. It's not meant to lull you to sleep. It's not meant to be soothing. It's meant to spur you into action. It's meant for you to recognize the urgency of the hour. And I trust that each and every person here today, that if you are lulled to sleep, if you're in a daze spiritually, that this alarm that is intensely sounding will spur you into action. My friend, time is running out. Don't take God's grace period for granted. A grace period has a beginning, but it also has an end. And I trust that if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that you will no longer procrastinate. You will no longer 
put it off. You will no longer delay. My friend, I beg of you. I plead with you. We look around at our world. Listen, people are dying. It doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter the nationality. It doesn't matter. The, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Listen, death is no respecter of persons. The evidence is overwhelming. I beg with you. I plead with you. Seek the Lord in time. In other words, seek the Lord now.